Raff. Uh, shut up. I'm listening to the next English podcast. And welcome to another episode of Zdenek's English Podcast. My name is Zdenek, and if you're wondering what this podcast is, then I might as well tell you. This is my podcast. Well, that's that's why it's named after me, I suppose. Um, I know it's a very, very, extremely original name. And if you detected some hint of sarcasm in what I've just said, then yes, you're right. I am being sarcastic. Um... By the way, there's a difference uh, between saying I am being sarcastic and I am sarcastic. Do you know what the difference is? Basically, if I say I am sarcastic, that means that's my personal trait. That's something I do, perhaps on a daily basis or it's it's um, common for me. But I am being sarcastic. Uh, it refers to the to the uh, spe- to a specific situation or to a specific case. So in this case, I am just being sarcastic refers to that phrase that I used, you know. So um, yeah, this is my podcast. And if this is your first time listening, then welcome. Make yourself at home, which is a very, very nice phrase you would say to someone um, who might, you know, come to your house as a guest and you want to make them feel comfortable you you tell them make yourself at home you want them to me, um to feel relaxed and you know comfortable yes so make yourself at home i hope you like this podcast i hope you find it useful that is the idea and uh well also i have to say welcome to 2021 that's right this is the first regular podcast that i'm publishing in 2021 I say regular podcast because this podcast is available for everyone. As you know, if you are my long-term listener, I also publish episodes of the podcast which are not available to everyone. Those episodes are only available to the next English podcast patrons. The next English podcast patrons are people who support this podcast financially, who send me uh, monthly pledges let's say, monthly amounts uh, of, um, well, money. (laughs) And um, yeah, because this is the way to help me basically sustain this podcast. This is the way to help me keep this podcast going. We all need to stay motivated and we all like to be appreciated for what we are doing. And I'm no different, honestly. So thank you very much for being a patron of the next English podcast, by the way, if you are one of them. It really makes a difference. Trust me. Um, so, 2021, yeah. Have you made any New Year's resolutions? Have you managed to keep uh, everything up? Have Did you already break your resolutions? Have you, um, have you managed to do those runs? And um, are you still working out? Um, have you stopped smoking or drinking alcohol or anything like that? Well, if that's the case, well done, Uh, but um, don't count your chickens before they are hatched, you know, because one swallow doesn't make a spring, right? We are not there yet, we're still still, um, at the beginning of the year, and uh, as you know, this, the previous year was a bit of a disaster, I mean, I'm not gonna go on about this uh, in this episode, because uh, I've, I've said I've said a lot about this already and I don't want to go back to it, not in this one, because this episode is going to be a bit of a, what you might call it, well, I'm going to revisit a presentation that I gave in Speak Up London, uh, I think it was actually last year in, yeah, when was it? I think it was in autumn, it wasn't last year actually, it was in 2019, it was in autumn 2019. So it's now two years ago, kind of, yeah. 
And uh, this is a presentation that um, basically is about board games in education, board games in um, specifically in English language teaching. Because I'm an English teacher, if I haven't said it, I am an English teacher, a qualified English teacher with a master's degree, with a university degree and also a few other Cambridge qualifications, Cambridge teaching qualifications. And it's important to say this from time to time because I suppose it may give me a bit more, let's say, credit. It may make, it may make uh, you trust me a little bit more because, you know, at the end of the day, I know what I'm doing. I should know what I'm doing. I hope it didn't sound too self-important or anything. That was not the idea. I, I just genuinely want to sort of, um, you know, uh, make sure that you know uh, who is talking to you. That's it. You know, I'm a teacher. I'm an English teacher. You know, I've been teaching English for more than 10 years now. And I've taught mainly in the Czech Republic and the UK. Those were my two destinations. Those were my two, let's say, countries where I taught English. Right now, I'm based in the Czech Republic and I teach mainly online. But going back to uh, the introduction of this episode, so it's, it's going to be um, about board games in English language teaching. I want to sort of revisit the presentation I gave in Speak Up London, right? So this was... Um, this was a presentation I gave to other teachers there in the language school uh, in Oxford Street in, in the heart of London. And uh, the idea was to introduce this topic or this, let's say, approach, because I think it's an, uh, it's an approach, a unique approach to teaching English to my colleagues, right? I was asked by my director of studies to do that, and obviously um, it was a real pleasure to do this and honestly very easy for me to present about my own passion because this is something I had been doing for six years. So I said I had been doing which is a nice use of past perfect continuous. Basically I want to talk about something that was happening until uh, a point in the past. So it's like present perfect continuous like I have been learning English for let's say 20 years but the difference is that this this was going on until a certain point in time and it's already finished right this period is already finished so i had been using uh board games in english classes for a long time so that means i was um in a good position to give that presentation i felt really confident it was interesting because you see i'm not a native speaker and I was giving a presentation to, to native speakers, except like two people there who were listening to me. Everyone else was a native speaker, mainly from the UK. So it was an interesting experience and I hadn't done this before. And guess what? I was all right. You know, I didn't really feel nervous or anything. The reason being, as I said, I do understand this subject and I do like it a lot. It's my passion. Yeah, I have always used board games in English classes until now. And um, yeah, so uh, this, was, this was part of what is called Continuous Professional Development, CPD, which is an abbreviation that is used by English teachers and uh, teacher trainers. It's basically the idea that you always need to keep looking forward. You always need to improve as an English teacher. You never stop learning how to teach and you, you, you want to learn new things, right? So other teachers gave presentations about different subjects, like it could be error correction or different teaching methods like dogma. There was one teacher who gave a presentation about that. And uh, I gave a presentation about board games in English uh, language classroom. And uh, at the time, I had a lot of board games uh, in the shelves or um, on the shelves, should I say on the shelves, in the shelves? Not sure, I think it's in the shelves, actually. Uh, depends, I guess, if it's on the surface, then it could be on the shelves. If it's sort of like inside, it would be in the shelves. But anyway, the point is, um, everybody knew about me there because I had all my games there. I, guess what, they're still there. 
I still haven't collected most of my games, most of my board games. And I gave these games at disposal to everyone, to all the English teachers that wanted to use them. You know, I always said, you guys can use my games um, freely as you please. And uh, that's why I think it was a good idea to do this presentation, because I wanted to um, basically show everyone how they can use the games and what are the benefits of using games in a classroom. And also, I wanted to sort of debunk some myths and um, just, you know, some, some teachers might have been a little bit skeptical as to how we can employ board games in English language classroom, you know, understandably so, because um, if, you, if it's something that you're not familiar with, why wouldn't you be skeptical, you know? Not necessarily because you don't trust this method, but perhaps because you might be skeptical as to how you would use the games yourself. Maybe you are not, you don't feel like you're cut out for it. You don't feel like it's, it's your thing or, or, or you don't like board games, which is fine. Well, um, and in this episode, I would like to sort of, you know, go over the main points from my presentation. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you like it. It is my passion. It is something I do, and I suppose this episode um, will be useful for not only English teachers who consider using board games or who would like to learn more about this approach, but also for anyone interested in this topic, anyone who likes board games or anyone who is an, an English learner and uh, maybe considers joining my course I do have an online course these days. I made it back in summer 2020 and the course is called English Through Board Games and the idea is that um, you basically learn English um, through board games, right? It does exactly what it says on the tin and well, I have um I have some mm, justification for this method obviously and a lot of this comes from the, the points that I made during this presentation. And if you listen to the end, if you're still not bored, by the time is the end of this episode and you are interested in this course, I have decided to come up with a discount for you. For whoever listens to this and wants to join the course, you just have to be at levels B1, B2 or C1. If you are a native speaker, Honestly, this is not for you. Um, so, yeah. Now, this offer is going to be valid only until the end of this month, until <clears throat> January 2021. So, um, it's a time-limited offer. And uh, you will need to listen till the end. Well, you can also fast-forward if you are a sneaky person. You, I suppose you can fast-forward to the end. And then you will find the promo code. And when you are discussing this with me, when you are about to join the course and you give me this promo code, you get your discount. All right, so um, just a bit about my credentials. I've been using uh, board games in my classes for about seven years now. And um, that was working for three different employers and also as a freelancer in my own classes. So, I do have a lot of experience and I have also run uh, several board game clubs here in the Czech Republic and the UK. I say several, but actually, I may be uh, exaggerating a bit. It was just two, right? But one I, I ran for more than five years and, and one and the other one was in England, in Speakup London. That was uh, for almost a year. So, I do have some experience with this topic and hopefully I am the right person to talk about it and hopefully I'll also do justice to board games because I'm a huge fan regardless of my profession, right? I would probably play board games um, even if I weren't an English teacher. It's, it just happens to be kind of cool that I am able to kill two birds with one stone to basically do something that I enjoy in my job, right? Um, so, yeah, what were the reasons for me 
to start using board games in English language class. Well, I've always loved board games and I wanted to find a unique way to teach, to be a bit different. I should have said I had always loved board games, right? You see, because the, the, um, the main action in the past was um, what was the reason for me to start implementing? So that's definitely when you start something in the past, it must stay in the past, right? So what had been my reason? Um, well, I'd always, I'd, or what was my reason? Well, I, I had always loved board games. And I wanted to differentiate myself a little bit. I wanted to stand out as an English teacher because ultimately, if you are just a soldier, if you just go with the crowd, if, you, um, if you're just a sheep following the herd, then nobody will remember you. you know? Nobody will know who you are. And this is, I think, this is um, something you, we should all strive to do in our life, not just in our professional life. It's good to be different, right? Different could mean weird sometimes, and um, some people might judge you for it. You know, there's a bit of risk involved, obviously. Uh, but I think I'm willing to take that risk because I don't want to be just, you know, just a drop in the ocean. It's nice to be different. And that was one of the reasons I, I did this, or I got into this. And guess what? Well, students loved it. Students loved it because it's often the case that if you are passionate about something. You sort of mm, give off this vibe, this energy, and everyone is just on board with it. Imagine an English teacher teaching you English and not really being into it, not really enjoying his or her job. It makes a huge difference if you have a teacher who is passionate. And this might not even be the best teacher in the world, but as long as they're passionate, as long as they enjoy teaching and working with you, then, um, well, you're gonna, you're gonna be on board, as I said, you're gonna enjoy learning English. So that was my idea behind this as well. And ever since I started doing this, I have developed my own ways to use board games. And I had always been interested in finding ways to implement games in the classroom and also justifying them because this is so important. Why is this important? Well, because of the employers, you know, some of them have questioned my approach in the past. Again, rightly so, because why wouldn't you question uh, a unique approach or something that someone, a teacher that claims to be different and uh, perhaps having answers to all the questions that is in the industry. I don't have all the answers, definitely not, but I just, I'm just showing an alternative approach, you know. And... Um, my mission has been to justify this to my employers and inspectors and also teacher trainers because I have used this uh, in other places as well when I was sort of observed by teacher trainers and um, inspectors. I even used this when I was inspected by British Council. I don't know if any of you are familiar with British Council, with the British Council, I suppose I should say which is an organization that sort of oversees all English teachers and it makes, uh, in Britain, by the way, in Great Britain, and they make sure that uh, the English classes are taught up to a desirable standard. Yeah, so if, for example, if, um, if, your teach, if you have a language school and your teachers are not up to scratch, then you will not receive the certificate, the British Council certificate. And that, that pretty much means that um, that um, you are not good enough, right? You might have a disadvantage on the market, on the language school market. And that's why um, it's important to do a good job if you are observed as an English teacher, because you want to, you know, you don't want to let your boss down, right? You want to make a good impression and you want to be appreciated. Um, so, yeah, so I did that as well once. Okay, um, now I want to make, make an important distinction here. A genuine board game and an ESL board game. So, an ESL, English as a second language. Um, we're talking about uh, material that is sometimes created by material writers who write books, course books, or resource books for English teachers. And sometimes they would put in a game 
which looks like a board game, like something like Snakes and Ladders, let's say. And um, it's, it's not a real board game for me. It's just a game that is designed for learners, you know, for, for a specific purpose. Usually it teaches a certain language or gives you, it gives you practice. Let's say you have uh, Snakes and Ladders activity on conditionals, yeah? And then you just bring it into the classroom. Before you do that, you photocopy. Um, you photocopy a page from a resource book and you give one to each group. And the idea is that then this practices certain aspect of the language, in this case, the conditionals, right? So this is not a real board game for me. For me, when we talk about genuine board games, those are authentic games designed for native speakers. So it's authentic material. Now, if you've ever done uh, English courses like CELTA and DELTA, you would know that the uh, authentic material is something that it's like a buzzword, you know, it's like super important and um, it's, it's something you should use as an English teacher in your classroom because it's highly motivating and um, interesting, really. It's really interesting because the, the reason it's motivating is because this is something that even native speakers would do in their real life. So you don't feel like you're something less, you know, you don't feel patronized when you're using um, authentic material, just like you might when uh, using a course book. So this really matters. And um, that's, that's one of the reasons I think um, you can justify using board games in an English language classroom. So authentic board games are real board games that you would buy in a box, uh, let's say online, and you would play those games with your family, with your friends, and you, you could be a native speaker. You know, all, a lot of native speakers uh, play board games. For example, they are really popular in America, in the USA, but also in Great Britain and in other places as well. So that's one distinction I wanted to make. Now, um, what are some suggested disadvantages? Now, I have come up with these myself, actually. These are all my ideas, you know. I'm just draw drawing here from my experience. And sometimes it's, it's a good idea to, to, to play devil's advocate, you know, uh, to, to just um, try to question your own approach. And uh, that's what I'm doing here. So one of the suggested disadvantages why you shouldn't use board games as an English teacher could be that they are expensive. And I can attest to that. Um, it's, it's completely true. They are really expensive. They cost an arm and a leg. And, um, this is something you can't do anything about. But there are games, like you don't have to buy too many games, right? If you're an English teacher, you just want to try it. Just buy a few and buy the cheap ones. Just to give you some suggestions, trap words, code names, those are very, very good names. So, where words, where words is another good game. These three games, not that expensive, affordable, and they are a blast in a classroom and they are really useful for teaching multiple things. Now, uh, the next sort of minor disadvantage could be that they are time consuming. And that is true. They are definitely time-consuming, but it depends on the game itself, really. That You might have some games that don't take too long, and other games take much longer. So, obviously, it's better to use those simpler games, those games that are not too complex, games that are not too heavy. Yeah? And it really depends on the complexity of the rules and how long it would take you to teach the games. The simpler the game is generally the better, right? Um, possible skepticism from some students, right? So you might find an odd student who does not believe in such a method and thinks that this is a waste of time. It's true. It's true. It could happen. It has happened to me before. Although majority of students, the vast majority of students or learners don't think that way. Usually my learners have been open-minded about this, but I've come across a student or two who haven't. Now, this is, this is just a prejudice, basically. It's someone who hates games, hates being competitive, and can't imagine doing this in, in a classroom. Usually, they pay for this, right? So, then it's, 
it could be some sort of a complex from childhood or just a dislike, a dislike for games in general, which I have to say, fair enough, you know, that's, that's understandable. Like, this is definitely not for everyone. Although, I would, um, I would go as far as to say that most people like games. Most people like games because they are fun, right? And you can always adjust games and there are different kind of games and not all games are competitive games. You also have cooperative games. Anyway, um, the point is, mm, you know, I understand that people are skeptical, but at the end of the day, it's nice to give a try to something new, right? To, to, you should all, we should all, not you, but we, I'm including in that, I'm including myself in that, we should all stay open-minded. You know, it's, it's nice to discover new things and find out about new ideas and it can broaden your horizons, basically. Okay, um, then there could be possible skepticism from some employers. Well, again, understandable, I've already touched upon this. Um, but, well, there are some employers who care about following the curriculum to the letter, you know, sometimes a little bit obsessed and slightly narrow-minded. I have been fortunate enough not to... Uh, not to be um, working under such employers. So, but I'm pretty sure there are some. And all you have to do is to just be patient with them and justify, try to justify this approach, you know, show them the advantages or perhaps play them this episode. Um, okay. Again, it could be someone who has no idea about games or, you know, just not really into this whole idea, you know. And someone who prefers traditional, old-fashioned methods of teaching English, which is, again, fair enough. It could be an older person, but not necessarily, right? But anyway, um, another minor disadvantage could be that board games are not suitable for all levels. And that's true. That's true. Like, I think some, some games work with pre-intermediate level, but elementary level... Yeah, it's, it's going to be a struggle to use a board game with such a low level. I think board games work the best with higher levels from B1, B2, all the way up to C1 and C2 for that matter. If you want to work on your fluency, for, for instance, the games have helped me with my fluency a lot in the past. And I think um, I was already at C1, possibly at C2 level Yeah, and when, when I was playing those games and I think... I could still learn a lot from it. So, yeah. Now, another piece of criticism could be that um, they are not always teacher-friendly. Some teachers might not feel comfortable with board games uh, because, like I said, they're time-consuming, not just using them in the class, but also to study the rules, to learn how the games work, if if this is a game you, you've never used, then obviously you're going to spend more time preparing for the class. Not all teachers are really open to this idea, and I understand it because this is a tough job. And it's, it can be energy draining sometimes, you know, um, especially if you teach a lot of classes and then you don't have any energy left to prepare for your classes really well. The more classes you do, the less you need to spend time on preparing them that's just that's just a formula that really works you know um the, that's it yeah so some teachers are just not open to this and not not uh, in tune with this and then they're not cut out for it and they don't like it some teachers might not like games which is okay again it's about being open-minded trying new things also Think about your learners. Would your learners appreciate it? Perhaps they would even forgive you if you weren't so uh, confident using board games. You know, if, you, if you're thinking that you, it might undermine your authority, well, think twice. Because at the end of the day, you should ask the learners. Like, if that's something they would enjoy, if something that, that, that would help them with their English, then why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you try it? Yeah. Now, another disadvantage could be that they are harder to justify. And this is true. 
let's be honest, it's just a lot of people just think, oh, okay, games. He just wants to play games with his students, right? That's that's like, how how are they going to learn? They're just playing games, you know. They're just having fun. They're not really learning any any grammar or anything. Well, yes and no. I mean, it depends how you use the board game. If you have some sort of aim, for example, if you want to teach specific language through board games, then then I think it's okay, you know. Uh, I was once discussing this topic with my Delta tutor. So tutor, she was basically my teacher at the Delta course, which is a diploma for English language teachers. A tough course, by the way. And she's really into board games, and we sometimes play games together, sometimes online, and we've played games in real life as well. And you know what? She says that you can justify board games, because apparently they are similar to what's called a task-based approach, which is a well-established and respected, uh, reputable approach to teaching English. A task-based approach is based on building your lesson around a meaningful, natural task where the language comes from the need to communicate. And you, you basically have a lot of exposure to the language during that lesson as a learner. And also the affective filter is very, very low uh, because um, this is games we are talking about. So, yeah, I was, uh, if this didn't make any sense, I was just trying to explain to you that playing board games or using board games in a class could be like a task-based approach. Because the task is meaningful. You want to play a game, right? It's a natural task. It's something that native speakers would do. And the language comes from the need to communicate. You need to know the language for the task, for the game, in order to play it. So let's say if you have a game in which you have to sell a product. There is such a game. I really like it. It's called Snake Oil. It's a really cool board game, a card game. And... If you don't know how to sell a product, if you don't know the right language, if you struggle, if you are not as fluent as you could be, then you're going to lose this game. So there is a real need to know the language if you want to do well in the game, right? So that's the task-based approach. Now, another disadvantage could, could be that um, using board games in a class as a teacher might be slightly teacher-centered and that's something that the inspectors don't like to see these days. Your teacher talking time should be really low in a language, English language class. Now, here on the podcast, in this episode, my teacher talking time is 100%. It's just me talking here. You guys are just listening, right? You're passive participants. I know in some countries, this is how an English, this is what an English language class looks like. I know it sounds terrible, but it's true. Some some students around the world, some learners, just listen to their teacher and that's it. You know, listen and write, make notes. It's like a lecture at a university or something. So, obviously it's okay for a podcast, but it's not for an English language class. Based on the uh, latest research of, of language learning acquisition and lang language learning and teaching, learners should speak way more than the teacher himself or herself. And when you have to explain a, a, the rules of a game, then you might end up explaining the rules for a long time, which is not good enough, right? Because then your teacher talking time is too, too high. Yeah, you're going to waste your students' potential, but waste their time because they are there to learn. They are there to practice. They are there to speak. And if it's you just explaining the rules for, let's say, 15 minutes, well, then there's something wrong. But I found a way around it. Actually, it was sort of recommended to me by one of my uh, directors of studies in England when I was working for the for language school called MLI. His name is Emil. He's Polish and um, he's someone who has been using board games himself. And we sort of inspired each other with some ideas when, when I was there in, in England. And one of Emil's ideas was that I could find another way to teach, uh, to explain the rules to my students, to clarify the rules. I could uh, prepare a video, find a video on YouTube, let's say, 
of someone explaining the rules and then prepare some questions. So it's like a listening exercise. You know, I play to my students and they answer the questions, true, false, uh, multiple choice questions, what have you. And that's it, you know, that's, that's a perfect way to bypass this, to find a way around it, to reduce the teacher talking time, because obviously listening practice is important as well. And yeah, um, another way could be that just I just um, let the students read the rules, you know, considering it's the right level. Of, of course, if, if the rules are too difficult, then I need to um, grade down the language, you know, I need to reword certain sentences. And then again, I would uh, prepare some questions, some comprehension questions, just like with the listening. But this time I would be developing the reading skills of my students. So um, uh, board games do not have to be teacher-centered if you know how to how to use them. Okay, well, these have been some of my possible disadvantages. I just wanted to play d devil's advocate. And my mission has always been to try to debunk these, you know, I think I, I did try to uh, present a counter-argument just to show you that this doesn't have to be true if you know how to go about it. And I think I do know how to go about it. After all those years of using board games, I have developed my own method and ways to do this and I am quite proud of it. And again, I am, you know, I, I want to stay humble and... Of course, it's not going to work for everyone, especially, especially not for people who come with that negative attitude. It's, it might be hard to convince those people. And in that case, you know, I just have to accept it. I just have to come to terms with it. But a lot of people, a lot of learners are open-minded and can see a benefit in this. And I would love to work with these people. Okay, now let me talk about some suggested advantages. So, suggested advantages. Authenticity. This is something native speakers would do. It's not an artificial task made just for English learners. Uh, just like you, most of the exercises in a course book would be, right? This is authentic. Real components, real artwork. Yeah, if you use a real board game, mm, they look really nice. Nice and shiny. And just touching those components, it's, it's, it's a kinesthetic activity as well, right? It's nice, it's nice to do those activities, like the matching activities, you know? Like you're, you're touching something, you're, it's a puzzle. It gives you exactly that feel when you use a board game. So, yeah, some board games even use applications. So that, that adds an extra layer to it. It's nice to use um, technology as well, you know? A uh, lot of teachers use technology anyway, but imagine using board games as well as the application mobile phones. It's just it's just so high tech, and it it looks professional and it feels great. It's it's also very unique. It's another advantage. I think it's very unique. Most schools and teachers do not do this. So if you use board games, you know your students will appreciate the effort. Uh, Few of you trying to do things differently, and that might make you special. Right, there is a low affective filter. So, affective filter is an idea that comes from Stephen Krashen, a famous linguist, and uh, basically he is behind the a lot. He's behind a lot of hypotheses for English language acquisition and English language learning, and one of them is that if you do activities if you if you learn um, in a comfortable environment so those would be those natural authentic tasks you will forget that you're learning and you will not feel any sort of pressure your anxiety will be low and that's where you will learn the most right it's it's logical you know if you're under pressure, if you if you feel stressed and not relaxed, then your brain will not be able to to learn as effectively as if you are relaxed. It's just it's just true. So that's why when you play games, you're focusing on the on the fun aspect. You can learn really effectively, and this this 
basically is uh, what Stephen Krashen says. So uh, if you don't know who he is, well, you could Google some some of his videos. You could go to YouTube and he's got a lot of lectures there and presentations and uh, he's a he's a real he's a top dog you know in what he's doing he is um, a massive name in ELT industry in English language teaching industry and I have to say that I have been following his ideas for a long time I've been teaching in this kind of way for a long time and trying to encourage my students um, you see I don't always just teach grammar vocabulary sometimes I am a mentor I tell my students how to learn. It's really important for me that my students understand that in order to learn, to, to make a lot of progress, in order to learn effectively, they have to do a lot of things in their own free time. And uh, that's where this idea of, that's where the ideas of Stephen Krashen's come in. Uh, the ideas of acquisition of I plus one. If you are an English teacher, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, but I don't want to get um, get sidetracked here. So I think um, using bo uh, board games in a class could be learner-centered. Because once the students get familiar with the rules, the actual game is very learner-centered. Because all you need to do is to just observe the class, let's say collect some common errors, and uh, you let the students work this out. You let the students play. You will always have certain students who understand the game better than others or who have better English than others. And those could be the leaders. Those could be the people explaining the games to others. So you have, so everyone has a different role, which is also important when you differentiate uh, your class. You know, when you have different levels and you will never get the students. If you have a group of students, you will never get students who are exactly the same level. So uh, this, is, this is a good thing to do. Yes, games can be fun and engaging. And as you know, motivation is super important in whatever you do. And um, when it comes to English language learning or any language learning, it's just something that keeps you going. You know, if, you, if you're no longer motivated, if you don't know why you're doing this, if, you, if it doesn't bring you any sort of value or pleasure or something, then you will stop, you know. You will not want to do it. You will procrastinate. You will lose the momentum. But with games, because they are so fun and engaging, they will just keep you going. You will just want to keep coming back for more. Uh, because there are also possibilities to join board game clubs, and um, you can play board. You can play board games online. I know a lot of places where you can do that. And if you stick around with me, if you join my board games club. I will show you how. This is pretty much the main idea of the course. I'm teaching you their specific language. You have a lot of speaking practice with me. You make friends and people. But the main idea is that you will fall in love with this a hobby. It's, it's, a, it's a hobby, isn't it? And then you will find a, a place where you could do this uh, regularly. We could, you could make friends through this and... It's, it would be something you would just enjoy doing, you know. Not just an English lesson or not just an English course that you, that you are happy to complete at the end. You know, sometimes how you... I'm sure you've been there before. In certain courses at university, let's say. I wasn't really into it so much, right? So I, um, I was happy that it was over. I was happy to, to have passed the exam and never, and I, I, and never to come back to it. What am I trying to say? I was happy that I didn't ever um, have to come back to it. That's what I was trying to say, right? So, yeah. Now, high replayability. Board games, the good ones, the modern board games, uh, well, because there are so many, um, the best ones must be really good, you know, to, to really make it. And they have high replayability. So that means you can play them over and over again and still have fun each time you play because there is a degree of familiarity and as an English teacher I have found ways to use certain games in different ways as well so 
You can revisit the same games, you can come back to the same games for a completely different purpose, right? So, yeah, the games are also varied, you know, there is a variety of games you can choose from. Uh, so, there are games focusing on different language aspects and skills. Uh, to give you an example, I like to teach functional language through board games. It's one of my favorite uh, ways to implement language. But also it could be grammar. For example, I like to use social deduction games like werewolf, werewolf games or you may have heard about the good old mafia games to teach language for, for deduction. Uh, something like, it must have been him. You could be a werewolf. Uh, expressions like those, you know, this, this is grammar, this is grammar we are talking about, modal verbs. So I found my ways to teach English through board games, right? And it's nice if there's some sort of aim, target language, um, purpose, you're developing fluency, let's say, you're, you're learning how to agree in English. You, I teach 10 expressions for agreeing, through a game called Debatable, for example. Yeah. So, that is the idea. And I think there might be some disadvantages. But in my humble opinion, they are easily overweight by... Not overweight, sorry. What? What am I trying to say here? The, the disadvantages are easily outweighed. Sorry, outweighed, not overweight. <laughs> you might be overweight after Christmas, but... What I was say, trying to say is that disadvantages might, might be easily outweighed by advantages. Sorry, I just couldn't read after myself because, you see, I've printed out this presentation that I gave uh, in 2019. I printed it out so that I could record this episode with some ease, but I, I messed up, you know. I messed up! I read it as overweight, but it's outweighed. So... The disadvantages are easily outweighed by advantages. What it means is that um, if you put it put, put the advantages and disadvantages on on a scale, on a scale or on scales, on scales it should be, I believe, then um, the balance would tip towards, uh, or the scales would tip towards um, advantages. You know, the advantages would be heavier if you put it on scales there would be more advantages than disadvantages. That's what I'm talking about, right? I don't know why, I, why I'm going on about this for so long, but I suppose, um, I suppose I might be losing it a bit, which is okay, you know, it's okay to go insane from time to time, and uh, English teachers do tend to go insane. If you are an English teacher, you are listening to this, I'm sure you can relate to my experience. If you are an English learner, I, I think you have heard about English teachers going insane in the past, so you shouldn't be really surprised about this. Okay, so um, a question. How can I use board games in my class? So it's a question for, for a teacher, right? So I think to liven up, to spice up the class as a reward after a test, on a Friday afternoon, as your last class or something, or last 30 minutes of your lesson, when you feel like your students are bored and you need to wake them up. So that's one, um, one uh, let's say, purpose you could use board games for. Now, to link it with a language aspect. So let's say you are teaching functional language, agreeing, disagreeing, interrupting, whatnot, or a grammar point, relative clauses, models of deduction, or you're using specific lexis, specific vocabulary, or, I don't know, business English or something. And this is something you're doing in your book, you know, you're following your curriculum. But if you know games well, or you could ask me, I suppose, because I've got my spreadsheet, Google spreadsheet, uh, with, um, with all this information, so... If you know games well, then you will know which games to link with which language aspect. And then you could replace some of the activities from your book with a board game to make your lessons more interesting. And to make use of authentic, uh, authentic tasks, which are, as I said before, 
really great for English learners and very motivating. You could use uh, board games, you could use board games to develop language skills. Reading, listening, writing, speaking, all of them. Speaking, I think this is the, the, one, the, the one skill that's going to be, you know, that's going to dominate this, I suppose, because it's great for improving speaking fluency. You know, you can get a lot of practice playing games. But you have to choose games where students talk to each other a lot because there are some abstract games, like let's imagine chess, right? You don't have to talk much. You just move the pieces around and then you spend a lot of time thinking your moves through. So not those kind of games, but games that require you to speak as a player. So again, if you ask me, I will tell you which games these are. Just follow me, you know, you can follow me on Instagram, you can follow me on Facebook, you can follow me on LinkedIn. And if you want to know where to find me, you just go to my website, teachersdenek.com and just click the social media icons I have there on the homepage. And that's how you can follow me. Because I, I do record videos about this, actually, how to teach English through board games. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can find out more. But how can you improve reading and listening? Well, these are receptive skills, obviously. And like I said before, when you're teaching the rules, you create listening and reading activities out of this. Very easy. You could do, um, um, what's it called? Running dictation, you know? It could be a running dictation activity. Very simple. Just, just turn the rules into a grammar dictation activity. I'm sorry. Into a um, running dictation activity, which is one of the most respected activities out there for English teachers. Okay, well, um, when it comes to writing, some games do actually involve writing. Like there's a game called Clickbait or Story Cubes. You could use Story Cubes to teach writing. Or there are some games where you have to, uh, I don't know, like creative games where you have to come up with, uh, let's say, a plot for a film. I can't remember what the game is called, but I have it as well. I have one game like that. Right, then you can link the games thematically. Some games are abstract, but most board games have a theme. Halloween, murder mystery, spying, history. You know, all these themes that you could just... If you're teaching a theme, if you're doing a theme, you could just... And let's say you have... Uh, you teach crime yeah, as a theme. Crime. Like every chapter in a course book has a theme, right? So one is about family, then another one about sport, and then crime. There are so many games about like social deduction games or deduction games where you're trying to investigate who had done it. You want to figure out who the murderer is. So, you know, that's, that's what you can do. You can link it all thematically. And then uh, you can use board games to practice and review vocabulary. Um, there, there are a lot of games like this that are suitable for this purpose. Games like where words, trap words, debatable or possibly code names if you make your own cards. Sometimes you have to be a little bit creative and think outside, think outside the box uh, as an English teacher, but it's possible, you know, you can, you can shift the focus to what you need to teach, or what you need to review, what you need to practice with your students. Um, okay, another good, good use of uh, board games could be in order to improve rapport. Rapport? What is rapport? Rapport is spelled, by the way, R-A-P-P-O-R-T. It's uh, your relationship you have with your students, how well, how, how well you get on, and those kind of things. Um, you, you improve the atmosphere. It's, it's a bonding experience. It's, it's, it's an icebreaker. It creates great atmosphere in class. You know, it, students are going to love you as, as a teacher if you use games. You know? if, you, if you do it right, if you do it well, if you justify it, if you explain it, if you show the benefits of it, if you don't overdo it, if you, if you use board games in the right way, then fantastic. I have created that course. I have already mentioned this course. And I would really like you guys to join this course. You guys are my listeners. I assume you are at B1, B2 or C1 level because I speak as best as I can in this podcast. I'm, I'm not really grading down my language much. 
So that means that it's not suitable for lower levels. I think if you're an elementary learner, you wouldn't be able to understand what I'm talking about here in this podcast. So I think you are ideal candidate. You are ideal or potential clients, you know, potential um, participants of this course. And I want to make a special offer for you um, because obviously I'm always looking for new students to join my course which I developed last summer. It's called English Through Board Games. It has 10 90-minute sessions. So 10 90-minute lessons. We always talk about when we play with the candidates, with the participants, with with the potential participants um, before we get on with it, before we start the course. You know, we, we need to reach some sort of a conclusion. We need to reach a consensus when it comes to when how often and when we want to have the lessons, right? Usually it's in the evening, European, Central European time, after people's work, right? It's logical. Um, because I want people to try this as well before they, before they um, join it. You know I, know, I understand people might be skeptical or just, you know, think uh, games, I'm not into games. But I want you guys to try it for free. Uh, because I honestly don't want to, you know, sell you something that you will not enjoy. So that's why I've come up with one free session and you don't need anything special for it. All you need is just to install one application, which is free and, uh, send me an email to teachersdenek at gmail.com that you want to join this free session. I do this from time to time, let's say every two months or so, and I'm doing it this Friday. This Friday, let me just check what the date what the date is. I think I think today is yeah, today is the 6th. Today is Wednesday, the 6th of January. So, this free lesson is happening on the 8th of January, sometime in the evening, I believe. Is it 6 p.m.? God, I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't prepared for this. Let me just quickly check it. You can find all this information in my uh, Discord server called Learn English Online uh, in the Events text channel. And it's on Friday the 8th of January at 7 p.m. actually. 7 p.m. Central European Time GMT plus 1. Yeah, so you can join. Uh, Obviously, this is limited availability, but we still have a few spots, a few places. So you can try out. English through board games course, just one one lesson for free. And if you like it, then you could join the course. And if you don't, you, you don't have to join the course, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to be upset or anything. Some people just feel like uh, they are annoying me or something. Or I have heard this from a few people. They think like, Zdenek, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to join the course and I think it's unfair for me to join this free course, uh, this free lesson because of that, you know. So I might as well not do it because I would feel bad. I would feel embarrassed. Listen, don't think that. I would love to have you there. Yours, the next English podcast listeners. You are my loyal followers. Please join, you know, join the free lesson. Take it. Take it or leave it. Um, don't look a gift. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Do you know that one? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. In the mouth. Let me just check. Um, let me just check this idiom. Uh, don't look the gift horse in the mouth. Yes, correct. It means if if you're you're being given something for free, don't don't look at the details. You know, just take it. So that's it. Yeah. And when it comes to the actual course, I'm going to give you a discount now. Yeah. So the, the, the price of the course is 100 right now. Like it's 120 euro per the whole course, which I think it's a reasonable price considering how much I charge for my private lessons. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's nothing too expensive, despite the fact that it's really unique and cool, I think. 
and uh, there is a review video from one of the participants. You can find it on my YouTube channel and on my website, I believe, as well, teachersdenek.com. Uh, but um, going back to the price, so 120 euro is the full price right now. Um, but you're going to get it cheaper. I'm going to give it to you for 99 euro. All you need to do is to remember this promo code, ZEP2021. When you're joining the course, when you're paying for it, if you tell me this code, ZEP2021, I'm not going to ask you for 120 euro. Instead, you will just pay 99 euro, which I think is a real bargain. So I think I'm going to keep this price until the end of January or keep this special offer until the end of January. So you have some time to decide, but the sooner you do that, the better, of course. And to help you decide, feel free to join this free session on Friday that I'm doing. If you miss it because you're listening to this after Friday, st still get in touch with me. I'll add you to my mailing list. Or whoever wants to be part of my mailing list, just send me an email to teachersdenek at gmail.com or fill in a form, a simple form that I have on my website, uh, teachersdenek.com. And you can be part of my mailing list and get my videos into your email. All my videos related to English through board games, so those are idioms where sometimes I teach English. Recently I have taught the phrasal verb to play up there. And yeah, by the way, this promo code, ZEP2021, by the way, ZEP stands for Zdenex English Podcast, yeah? ZEP2021 will also be valid for my other course called English Through Role Plays. I may have mentioned this on my podcast before and it's going to be a similar style to English through board games so if you have taken this course already it's a similar style so there's an assignment a google document uh, we work in discord in groups in pairs I send you some videos as well and then the main activity would be the board game in the board games course but in the role plays course there is no board there are no board games It's all just role plays. Role plays are fantastic activities to work on your speaking fluency. And they are a lot of fun as well, because I often come up with controversial role plays. All the role plays from the course will be created by myself, by the way. Whereas with the board games course, I'm just using authentic board games through a, a platform called Tabletop Simulator, which you, by the way, have to buy, but it's not that expensive. With the role plays... All you need is just Discord and that's it. You know, a microphone, camera, that's it. All the role plays are created by myself. They are unique. I want to publish a book of role plays in the future because I think I'm quite good at this. So it's my, it's one of my ambitions. It's on my bucket list. And I want to do a course out of, out of role plays. And I know a few people are already interested, but I want to make a group, you know, a group. Uh, not just one or two or three people. I want to have a group of, let's say, four or six. That way, you know, it's going to pay off to everyone and it's going to be a lot of fun as well because you will have different interactions with different students. And I have enough role plays to keep you busy and entertained. And I will also teach you target language through this. Specifically, I'll be focusing on boosting your vocabulary. It won't be grammar focused. It will be more vocabulary focused. So if you're interested in this board game, in this, sorry, English through role plays course, and you want to get it cheaply, then remember this promo code ZEP2021. It will apply to this course as well. And send me an email and you have to do it before the end of January. So I know this episode has been quite long and I'm sorry, but I do hope you enjoyed it regardless and that you learn something new, whether you are an English teacher or a learner. So I hope I, I managed to shed some light on my approach of using board games, of my way of doing this. And yeah, I mean, that's it. That's all from me for today. And until next time, bye. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenex English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenexenglishpodcast.podbean.com.
Listening to podcasts can help you with your listening skills. If you wish to work on your speaking skills, join my brand new Discord group called Learn English Online. You will find the invite link on my website, teachesthenek.com, ZEP section.